Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource space for autism and much more. I'm pleased to have Aaron Smith as my guest today. Aaron, a Wisconsin native, started impersonating Elvis professionally when he was about 21, but his earliest memory of singing Elvis songs goes back to when he was five years old and entertained in his parents' living room by pretending a pencil was his microphone. He likes to perform in his hometown of Appleton, his favorite songs being Suspicious Minds and C.C. Ryder. His audience ranges in age from 21 to 70 plus, and his inspiration comes from a great respect and admiration for Elvis as a performer. As Aaron says, it's all about making people smile, but there is only one Elvis and nobody will ever replace him. Welcome, Aaron, and thanks so much for taking the time to join me today to share your experiences. Thank you so much for having me, Gilda. It's a pleasure, really. So you started singing Elvis songs at five, but do you remember liking his music from an even earlier age? I mean, I always say like, since I was born, I liked it. I don't know if it was just like an immediate thing or like an infatuation, but like, you know, I'd be in the car with my parents and I'd hear different artists, but I guess, I don't know, even if it was just one song that, that, that he sort of stuck with me as, you know, I don't know if it stuck out, if it was the clothing or the voice, but yeah, I'd say as long as I've been able to, you know, remember music and, and, and kind of catch things, I'd have to say almost all my life, I, I, I liked Elvis's music. So what were your other musical inspirations, if any? Oh, that would ha I would have to say uh, Mary Wilson of the Supremes, um, Whitney Houston, Dean Martin, and Harry Styles. All right. Well, that's a pretty good group there, <laughs> I must say. So then what made you want to pursue this professionally? And was your family supportive of that? You know, I always wanted to do it. I just didn't know there was so many people that were doing it and that it was a thing to do. But as soon as I saw uh, a tribute artist, another tribute artist locally and the other ones kind of getting into it, I was like, that would be cool. Cause like, for me, I felt like that was the one thing I was good at. I was terrible at math. I was terrible at other things, but like slipping into that character, that was one of the things I was really good at. So I want to say professionally, probably about 19, 20, just after getting out of high school, and I bummed around at karaoke bars and stuff like that. And then eventually I had a, a friend of mine in a band who's like, you should do something with this. You're incredible up there. And like, that was just me in like blue jeans doing my thing. So eventually I would come down and dress up a little more. And from then on, I just said, you know, this could be a good thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. I'm good at this. And, you know, it's a good way to do to, to see different places and to travel. But I absolutely, I'd have to say 16. 16 I, is when I stepped in and like 19 is when I really started honing that craft of, of, of learning, uh, you know, the songs. Cause vocally you want to sing your favorite songs but you don't always sound good at those songs. <laughs> so hearing the criticism from other entertainers and helping me go, okay, well maybe you should sing this. You sound better, 1920. Okay, so even earlier than we thought. So what are some of the other places that, that you've toured? And you actually do. You have costumes and you dress up and it's it's the whole nine yards, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And the costumes, you know, surprisingly, most of the time cost more than the traveling does, which is, you know, hard to fathom because you think, you know, but a lot of them are, are professionally made based off the ones that he would wear. And I generally do the 70s. Um, I've been to uh, Memphis. We went to Memphis for Elvis week. That was in 2017. I got to perform there on Beale Street. I got to meet some of his entourage, which was totally incredible for a young kid to meet the people that like worked with the man and, and was around him in the recording sessions and such. Um, Miami, Florida. I've been to um, Nashville. I've been a lot of stuff locally here in Appleton. And um, most of the stuff is locally, but I'd have to say my favorite place I've ever been was Memphis, Tennessee for Elvis week. Well, that sounds really fantastic. And that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Um, So where do you see yourself, say, five to 10 years from now? You know, I would like to say that hopefully we can figure out this pandemic situation. And, you know, I would like to see myself getting back in with my band because my band guys are in, if you, anything about bands, they're in five different bands as well. So it's like they're doing their own thing and they're doing my thing. Um, but I would love to get back on stage with them because I've only been on stage with myself and a backing track because of, you know, restrictions and how many people you can have up on the stage and how many people you can have, you know, in the venue. So in order to do that with COVID, I just started doing like karaoke backing tracks and then I would do a whole concert that way. Um, but I would like to see myself back on stage with them because that's kind of where it started. And then it's different with a karaoke track and a live band because, when I first started doing it this way, autism is normalcy and routine, right? <laughs> the tracks end when they end. So it's not like being with a band and having a, a a bass player and a drummer and that interaction you get on stage. It's a little, it's different to get used to. Right. Because with a band, they, they kind of follow you, right? And they, if you want to extend something or they, they end when you end or whatever, they take their cues from you. But you know, a recording doesn't. A recording is what it is. <laughs> right? That's it. <laughs> it got me on some of the moves, too, because it was like, oh, I only have this much track left. <laughs> I have to be done right here. Otherwise, it's going to look sloppy. Right, right. Now, you just mentioned something that I don't think we brought up yet, um, is that you do identify as a person with autism. And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so... What advice would you give someone with autism who has a dream that they would like to pursue? I would have to say, don't give up. There's going to be times that you feel that way because there were serious hack times that I felt that way. There were times I felt like, especially with, you know, living at home and, and different therapists and different programs that it was like, I'll be stuck in this cycle of like feeling like I have to just do what everybody else does or I have to like put my dreams on hold and like because there was just so much on my plate at that time but I would have to say no matter what's on your plate always dream big and always dare to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life because you know no one can 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 ride that dream other than you no one can stop you other than you you are in control and I had a friend of mine tell me that a while back and that really stuck with me that you're the one in control of your life where you want your life to go what you want to do in life so and and you know don't get down on yourself if maybe it's not happening in you know the timely fashion that you want it to happen because I was there 
where it's like, why can't I be like this person? You know, it'll all come in time. It'll all fall into place. Uh, there's really no manual, but um, and no, you know, notes to go, okay, this autistic person's going to do this. And we're, you know, there's none of that. So definitely just pursue what you want to pursue, but don't also over pursue it to where you stress your out and give stress yourself out and give yourself those anxiety points of, of it loses its, the dream loses its fun. That's loses. all very good advice. I'm sorry. Say that again. No, I said, or the dream like loses its fun or it loses its passion. You know, don't, don't. Cause I said, that was my, um, for me, that was my downfall was I, I would overwork myself because I was so ADHD and autism and all that, you know, you're so fixated on it that it almost becomes stressful because you're over-focusing and fixating on, on something. So don't go that extreme to do that, but definitely don't let other people discourage you from doing what you want to do. Those are very wise words, Aaron, and very, very good advice to take to heart. Definitely. So I'm sure that People are wondering now uh, where they can find your performances if they don't happen to be in Appleton or they're not in Miami or they're not somewhere you're performing live. Where can they find your performances online? Do you have a website? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Elvis Tribute Artist Aaron Smith on Facebook. Um, I post all my videos and, and show dates and interviews and talk shows and everything is on there. So you can find me at Ellis Tribute Arts Aaron Smith on Facebook. Um, and all my information is on there. Uh, I have a show coming up actually this Sunday. Um, it's at the American Legion here in Appleton. Um, and it's actually benefiting autism awareness. Um, it's an autism awareness benefit show. Uh, it's a variety show with three entertainers. One of the girls uh, she does a tribute to Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. She has autism. And then the other gentleman, he doesn't, but he's uh, he's my manager and he helps me. He's doing an Elvis act and I'm doing an Elvis act. And then the following week, I'm going to be in Little Shoot, Wisconsin at the Hawk's Nest. Um, and that is the 30th. So those are the two shows I have coming up. And you can find everything on that page. I would love to come to Los Angeles, though. That's my brother lives in Bakersfield. So that's one place I haven't gotten out to is Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Well, that should definitely be in your future plans, because I know you would be very well received in both those cities. And so. uh, yeah, absolutely. And so that I'm going to repeat it one more time, just so that people know it's Elvis tribute artist Aaron Smith on Facebook, right? Yep, absolutely. All right. All right. Well, Aaron, this has been an absolute pleasure. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with us today. Well, I really appreciate, you know, uh, being on your program, Gilda. It's great to wear, raise awareness for autism. And it's just, you know, one of those suffering silence things. And, and the more we can do to help those individuals, the better. I think that's just, it. it's, it's a good cause. And it's, it's something that I don't think will go away, but I'm glad nowadays we have the tools and resources a little more than I did to, to combat it and to help people with it. So it was a pleasure, really. And you're welcome back anytime, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. 
Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.